All right, welcome back everybody to the Tip of the Tower podcast. I know it's a long weekend for most people. Um, well, we were just talking about whether it's uh, how people spend their holidays, uh, if they're working or if they're... Because not everyone has a day off, but I would assume most people have the day off today. But you know who doesn't have the day off today? The Leafs and the Burns. And we have Game 5 tonight uh, at the TD Garden, which, I mean... This could have been a totally different situation had the Leafs pulled off the comeback in game number four. Instead, now we've got probably the most important game of the series. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's not much more to say than that, honestly. it's um, You go and look at the series now. You For the Leafs, um, it would have been really nice to win game four in Toronto because now you know, I have optimism with this team, especially since they took home ice from the Bruins and they proved they could win TD Garden. But uh, having to take two of the next three games and two of those games being in Boston, it's uh, it's going to be tough. They're not going to make it easy on them, especially since I, I don't want to bring up refereeing. I don't want to make that a focal point, but it seems like the refs are petrified to call the Bruins on anything in their own building to me. Every game I've watched over the last couple of series against them, they are. They look scared shitless to call anything a TD Garden against the Bruins. Well, it's just an intensity thing, right? They just think the yeah. Bruins are playing with intensity when really they're just not. Like, it's just funny. There were calls that were made in both games three and four that you would never would have seen called in Boston. Ah, uh, man. The two goals that the, Bo- the Bruins scored on the power play in game four. You no. tell me that... That Matthews roughing call is atrocious. That's high sticking. Just call it high sticking. That's fine. Don't call it roughing. Jake DeBrusque punched Nazem Kadri in the face three times, and Nazem Kadri got a penalty for it okay. in game two. Well, I was just about to say, we haven't even talked about the Nazem Kadri suspension, which. I don't really want to talk about it. He, you want me to sum it up short? He pissed away another chance to prove that he wasn't a dickhead. Yeah. And you know what, much. what I appreciate more so this time around? Look, losing Nazem Kadri make you know, it changes the way the Leafs play because, you know, now you have to move Nylander center. But the two games at home, Nylander, Marlowe, and Connor Brown weren't as bad as – I mean, they were not great in game three. They didn't look to have anything, but that didn't really matter. Game four, they looked much better. Yeah, they were probably the Leafs uh... – Best line? Would that be fair? I'd say the third and fourth line outplayed the second and first line in game four, in my opinion. Well, okay. If we're talking about um, in terms of consistency and chances, yeah, they were the least. Yeah, like just having good shifts. They just didn't put anything in the net. That was probably the only thing. I mean, and look, people, they had their chances. Like Connor Brown, that one chance that uh, Rats made the nice save, but you know. When I look back at that, actually, it was a bit of a flubbing puck. It wasn't, like, on the ice. Um, but yeah. you'd like to get that puck higher up, obviously. Um, there was actually one sequence where Marlowe literally got tripped. Nobody around, nothing happened, no call was made. Like, I was remember- that the one where he just sort of, like, flew up in the air? Yeah. Like it looked like an old 90s movie when somebody gets tripped? I'm like, either he was really selling that, or he... Like, that was a most obvious missed call I've ever seen. Out of yeah. All the other ones. 
Um, I don't know. Um, I blame this game on Marlowe using white stick tape because I don't really know if that game is an anomaly. Well, I, I think it's going to be, I mean, obviously it's going to be a little different now that the Bruins can match lines. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, is, would it be fair to say Mike Babcock just got, just was deer in the headlights in game four as well? Because Bruce Cassidy put Pasternak on that second line, and they just got pounded, and Babcock didn't make any changes. No, but, but I mean, when you look at the, the game itself, I mean, all the goals the Bruins scored, other than, like, the Pasternak on the power play, like, the goals were, yeah. they were, like, deflections. Like, I think Zaitsev kicked one out after blocking the shot. Uh, kind of just, you know, things like that. It wasn't like they were hound, hounded in their own zone No, for the least were the better team possession-wise, I think it's fair to say. Yeah, I mean, look, there was breakdowns, there were mental lapses, they got... And the Bruins capitalized on every single one of them. Yeah, and that's something, that's been their MO, right? That's been the Leafs' MO, that they, you know, they, they're they able to avoid, at times, those long chances, but then it's just that one little thing that can, you know, change the complexion mm-hmm. of the game. I think that fourth... The Pasternakel that put them up too really mm-hmm. changed the complexion of that game. Because that, that McAvoy goal was really nice. I'll give credit where it's due. That uh, was a great setup one. on the power play. Yeah, that was a good. That's how a power play should operate: quick puck movement in that. I mean, the Leafs and different looks. Yeah, and the Leafs. I mean, they did score on the power play in games three and four, if I'm not mistaken. They really suck on the road when it comes to the power play, though. That's been they the, suck in general when it comes to the power play. Is it Jim Hiller that runs the power play? Because he needs to. Somebody else needs to do that. Because it's like three looks that they do consistently all season. Everyone knows it's coming. Yeah. It's Marner slap pass off the right boards, or it's Marner slap pass to Tavares who passes into the slot, or it's cross crease to Matthews for a wrist shot. Yeah. Those are our only three plays. And I hate Jake Gardner on the second power play unit. I said it on on what was it uh, Wednesday. Uh, the Leafs pretty much just concede defeat when they throw that second unit out on the ice. Well, and I hate to say it, that. but it's more so that Gardner can't get his shot to the net. So what use is he on the point? Because Jake Gardner stands still and fake fake slaps it for three. He did it a couple times in that game. So one thing I don't like about Jake Gardner in the offensive zone is he, at times he just doesn't move his feet. And that was the problem on the power play as well for the Leafs is the power play units just weren't moving. Like, if you looked at the – I mean, you brought up the McAvoy goal. What was successful for him is he didn't take the first shot. He passed it down. He moved closer to get himself a better angle, and he shot it in. He saw an opening in the defense, and he dropped down to take it. Yeah, and, and like Gardner, I don't think I've seen him move down. Like Dermott, perfect example. She takes a shot, gets blocked. What does he do? He moves into a better position, throws it down net again, and it goes in. Like, yep. you know, Gardner shoots it from the exact same spot every single time. You know, back when Gardner was more successful offensively, he wasn't scoring right from the point all the time. He was moving around. Yeah. Um, I mean, he doesn't take slap shots either for the most part. Yeah. He mostly just wrists it on net, and that's the Leafs' defense. In like, general, why I guess, but Hainsey and, Hainsey and Muzzin are probably the outliers there. But Hainsey takes slap shots that are right in the defender's shin. So. Like, why isn't Muzzin on that second power play unit? Like, no, he was. 
And then why I I don't understand why Gardner was moved on there. Like I don't understand why there was that change. So I find the Leafs that's the, probably the one change I would make, but we don't know if they're gonna do that. Actually, did they even practice today? They would have. That's a good question. Uh, maybe now it's around noon, so you would think they'd. Let's go to Mister uh, Paul Hendrick. Leafs yeah. morning skate about again. Zach uh, Hyman did skate, so that's an important thing to do. That's a thing. Well, well, he, he left. Uh, he left the game right for a bit, and then he came back. Yeah, and game four as well. Just before we, I don't know if we want to move on from that, but game four was another thing that happened to the Leafs when they played lesser teams in the in the regular season, where they didn't start on time, and that's been a theme with Babcock for yeah. since he's come here. And a team stung them for it, and they didn't start playing, or they didn't. Well, they started to turn it on when it was already a little bit too far out of out of hand. Well, really turn it on, not just like control possession. What was the success in game three? They scored the first goal. My apologies. Answer the phone, David. God damn it! I thought I turned this ringer off. (laughs) You want me to keep going, or you? Sorry, literally put the ringer off, and it no worries. Um, my apologies. well, we talked about this in our group chat. I think in games one and three, what the Leafs did was um, bring speed through the neutral zone and force the Bruins' defense out of into positions that they weren't comfortable with because they have uh, Carlo, they have Chara. Those two are big bodies. Chara especially has been just getting turnstiled all series. He's taken – well, he didn't officially get the penalty for interference in game four, but he was one of the two guys that were interfering with – I forget, it was probably Hyman – or somebody that was trying to skate fast. And then he took one on uh, Nylander in game uh, one. So um, I think Mike Babcock, I mean, he loves to, I don't know what it is with him. I'm surely at a loss for words because games one and three, they beat the Bruins with speed in the neutral zone. They play their game and they win and they score goals. Like they score proper goals. And then in games two and four, they go to a dump and chase game against a team that wants them to dump it in because they're heavier and can take those. And the Leafs can't get to their checks. defense. Like the forecheck is so good that they slow down the, like the back check is so good that the Leafs forecheck can't get to the defense. Yeah, and it's it's just I don't like like beat them through the neutral zone with speed. That's all you need to do. They're trying to trap, but if you can beat that trap, your guys like. Kasperi Kapanen has blown past Chara three or four times in the series already. Yeah. And that's just Kapanen. There's like four other guys that have like, just been killing them. Like, look, Trevor Moore, Tyler Ennis. Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Austin Matthews, all of them can enter the zone. Andreas Janssen, Kapanen, they can all enter the zone with skill. They don't have to dump and chase and then be heavy on the puck and the end boards to be successful because that's exactly what the Bruins want because they can absorb those checks and outlet the puck. And then you got guys trapped deep. Yeah, and uh, one other factor to me is I believe Sean Corrales is coming back for the Bruins. So, uh, that, yeah, that's – I mean, look, he's not a superstar, but he's a guy that will help their bottom six for sure. Yeah, I don't know. That's just – if he goes to that chip and chase bullshit again tonight, I'm going to be really upset because you can't 
do that against Boston, especially in a game you need to win. They need to go back to the formula they won the two games with. Yeah, and you know what? They did go back, to, and you're right, they did go back to that in game in game four. That's the problem is when they figure out that it's not working, it's too late. Yeah. It, I think what's going to be important tonight is you have to get off to a good start. You cannot let what happened in game two where the Leafs look scared. Like, look, let's be real. The Leafs look scared in game two because yeah, they well. could make passes. So what do you do if you can't make passes? Then use your legs. You know, force the Bruins to try to – and what's yeah. also important is don't be skating, you know, along the boards. The Bruins are going to try to throw whatever they can at you. Use Because the they're trying to get the crowd in that. Yeah, use the ice, you know. Make the Bruins chase you. You're the better skating team. We know that they are the better skating team. Yeah, it's um, unquestionable. Is it fair to say Austin Matthews has is is officially like on the level we expect him to be at? He's getting there. Um, he's not. I mean, it's the playoffs, so you definitely don't expect him to be like what he was at the beginning of the year, where he's posting like multiple points a game, but. That warrior stick seems to really, uh, really help him out, eh? Yeah. <laughs> that was that was an interesting uh, story. Shout out Bauer, you guys suck. Yeah, I was just about to say because you know he like you know the commercial he did with uh, uh, with Jonathan Taves like that was supposed to be like the revival of Bauer in a way. And I mean, Bauer's still the top hockey company. Them and CCM are still the two top hockey companies, and then probably Warrior, but. It's funny to me that he did that, and I don't want to get away from the playoffs for too long, but it's funny that Matthews didn't just use a warrior stick and dress it up as a bower, because that's what a lot of players do. Like, they'll just take a stick that they like that's even, like, five years old, and they'll just get a stick wrap that's the same as the company they're using. Like, most players don't even use the newest models of the company stick that they have. I know. I just found it weird that he just... You know, for the past three years, he's been using a bower, and then all of a sudden he uses a warrior in that... Now, yeah. I think that's also – is it also potentially a mentality thing that, you know, mentally you think you got a new stick and that's just going to – It's it's the same thing with like Marlowe hasn't been extremely good and I've never seen him use white stick tape and he comes out in the first period. He got white stick tape. Let's also it's not like... forget uh, I'm, another thing about changing gear. If I'm not mistaken, yeah. Patrick Marlowe is a guy who never changed his skates. No, he still got the uh, what is it? The nine case. I thought he cha- I thought he had to he had to change them up. He's still wearing Reebok skates, and Reebok's not even a hockey company anymore. Well, let's see. Uh, oh, I think they're eight case. They're so, sick though. They're really. He's nice wearing skates. the nine case, nine K pump skates. Yeah. Thirteen years ago, those skates were released. <laughs> oh, they're so they are really nice though. I think they were big because Crosby, uh, they were made for Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. Hockey's players are superstitious. I know Cappy's been going back and forth between stick tapes, and it's just, I mean, if you're just feeling like that's one little thing you can change and it's going to get you a goal, then more power to you. If it gets you a goal the next game, you're not going to complain. Mm-hmm. And Matthew switched that stick, and he's got two goals in the series since doing it. So, I mean, it is what it is. You know, yeah, th- I have a, a really hard time just getting a, a feel for how this game is going to go because I'd want to say the Leafs are going to be, you know, fine. I, I have a feel, yeah. like, but a part of me is just, you know, the bro- the Boston crowd is going to be 
we know how they're going to be. It, it just seems the Leafs have a really hard time putting together two consecutive consistent performances against the Bruins. I think yeah, and they, I mean, they had a down game last time out. So now you would think they would come out and give their head a shake and fix what they were screwing up. But who knows? <laughs> I honestly have no idea what's, what Leaf team's going to come out tonight. I hope, I mean, if the, my goal for them, I think, is a fair one, and it's just get through the first 10 minutes without giving up a goal. Well, not just that. Um, you know, you think about it. They win tonight, you're back at home, and you can win the series. I think it's over if they win tonight, personally. You think it's I don't want to. I don't want to make this big. Like I know I'll probably eat crow for this because we all said it's going seven, and honestly, I would not be surprised. But, um, yeah, it's just I think if they go come back home, because yeah, they had to come back home and win game six to force game seven last year. So everyone was just happy to be alive in the series in Toronto. If they come back to Toronto with a lead this year. The city's going to be nuts. Yeah, I mean, first off, Drake won't be there. Let's just get that out. Buddy. Let's just get it out of the way. Okay, look. Aubrey. I am not you, a cursed, superstitious type of guy. Um, I get how some people act. Um, I, I, I just don't get where... Um, People are thinking like this all of a sudden is a thing. Like it's, I, I, it's a funny joke. It's not a thing. But that's all I have to say about that. Well, the thing about okay, Roma literally like earlier that day put out the Drake. Nobody's allowed <laughs> to take pictures with Drake, and I'm just like that. Just seems kind of random. And then Drake's in the sit is in the building, and I was like, oh no, because it's, it's more of Raptors fans that were. Yeah, but Drake's been in the building when when the Raptors have won games. I'm pretty sure they beat the Warriors this season with Drake in the building. I'm pretty sure it's playoff games people are worried with Drake. Yeah, they did did beat the Warriors because Drake was talking smack to Kevin Durant after the game. Can we also also just be honest in that we're just looking for a scapegoat? Yep. It's the worst. I liked how Babcock's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Game game two was the referees. Game four is Drake. It can't just be like the Bruins were the better team, or the Bruins just took advantage of. I mean, and the, yeah, the Bruins weren't. Uh, they weren't the better team in game. No, uh, I think the Leafs dictated the pace four. and they played their game. It was, you know, what it was. Game two, the Bruins were the better team for sure. Hey, I have a question. Um, yeah. I was listening to. Uh, I don't know. I, I was just listening to prime time. Bob McCown actually put that game a bit on Frederick Anderson, game four. Fuck off. I, I couldn't believe it. I mean, look. I've had, I've had a chance in, to meet You led in and... five goals, I understand, but were they five? Like, was any of the, were any of the goals like, oh, Freddie, you, like, you have to have, like, it, these weren't, like, terrible goals he led. No. McAvoy goal was a beauty. Pasternak goal was a backdoor one-timer. Uh, Marshan goal was a backdoor tap-in. And which goal am I drawing a blank on? Uh, Pasternak scored twice. Uh, which was the other Pasternak goal? I forget his first one. The one that Marshan uh, threw at him. Yeah, oh, the tip-in. That one's bad luck. Well, it, I mean, it, it, is it really on Freddie? Uh, that's just 
I mean, you look at that play. The puck pass bounces off Zaitsev's skate right back onto the guy's blade. Marner thinks the puck's back on the board, so he lets up a bit. And Marchand just rifles one on Pasternak's stick, and he he roofs one from inside the blue paint. It's not on Anderson. Uh, That's another backdoor pass. Uh, Three backdoor passes and a beautiful... uh, You went... McAvoy went top shelf on him. Yeah, I mean, I'm... uh... I'm the time I'm I'm the type of person that you know, sure you want your goalie to make the save like like Rast didn't have did I, in my opinion Rast didn't really make any really nice saves. No, if Rast anything, after that Matthews goal it was like it was one of those just throw everything on net because he was fighting it in the second period, and then he got into his groove for a bit and then the Leafs scored a couple. I didn't even see you you guys know I didn't see the last couple goals. I went to go play video games kind of rattle yeah i mean that's that's gonna be the the key the key anderson i think is gonna have to make some uh uh sorry jake was messaging me <laughs> damn it middleton but um it's it's gonna be a key where i think you know in the first i'm trying to think back to game two jesus it seems like forever ago in a way um Oh, okay, like he had the Jake Muzzin, you know, tries to go for the for that pass, like that that long stretch pass. He misses it, two on one, and then you have the Neilander gaff behind the net uh, that Heinen scored on. Uh, I think because Prasnak had that two on one with Marchand from the Muzzin incident miss. Um, I'm trying to think what was the second goal. Jeez, I'm having the same. The, sec- the second goal was the the tip in and transition. No, that was the third goal. Fuck. Um, second goal was the Marchand uh, backdoor tip in. Okay, like you know. Oh yeah, now I remember the first goal. Oh, sorry, the first goal was uh, so who uh, Muzzin and Zaitsev were just brutal and co- coverage, and guy got open in the slot in. That was it. So I mean, yeah. like. Just, it's little defensive lapses. It, it is don't it is. have those lapses. It, you know, it's don't be. I don't know. In the playoffs, you try to make plays when you can. But don't don't uh, go over overboard. Uh, don't try and be a hero. That's basically what the playoffs are. Hero hero puck has no room for in the playoffs because they're going to make you pay on it. And the you saw it with Jake Gardner last year. And he, I'm not saying he played hero puck, but. Uh, one mistake, let alone multiple, is going to really get the fans on you. Yeah, so I, I think that's going to be the key. Is you know, and you're right. Weather the storm for ten minutes. Uh, I think what the Leafs did well, um, they they allowed that first goal in game one, but they came right back. They came right back. So it, that's going to be that's what we mean. I think that's what people forget. Like weathering the storm doesn't just mean don't allow a goal. It's if you allow the goal, don't turtle. Don't you? You're right back at it. That, that's just it. A um, couple things I want to bring up. One thing: how good has that fourth line looked? The Tyler Ennis there. Man, um, and yeah, they've been, that, oh, they've been fantastic. Who knew all the Leafs needed to take down Jazero Chara were Tyler Ennis and Trevor Moore just running him? Trevor Moore has not backed down once from Zanino Chara, and that's Mike Babcock is going to just love that. Well, I mean, he's knocked him over a couple times too. I, I, you know, part of me wishes that he would get more ice time, like, 
And no, this isn't Mike Stevens talking to me right now because we know how Mike feels. About. <laughs> Noted Trevor Moore advocate, Michael Stevens. I would like to see Trevor Moore get a little more because there was one point um, in the game where literally like the puck was being dumped in and he just took off like a rabbit. And, like, nobody was catching him. Like, things like Well, he that. drew a penalty on that, didn't he? Uh, no, I mean, you're talk- there was a couple plays. Yeah, there was the the McAvoy button trying to butt him into the boards. And it's funny how, like, the Bruce Cassie tried to be like, ooh, that's such a terrible call. It's like, that's literally interference. Did you see the call they made on Connor Brown on Nordstrom? Equally not great. Yeah, so you're going to get some, you're going to lose some. So, um... I, man, that pat penalty kill not making me feel too good right now. Let's just say. I don't know if it's the penalty kill or it's more so just the Bruins power play being sick. <laughs> well, I mean, there's times where like, okay, yeah, that McAvoy goal doesn't ha- doesn't you can't stop that. No. It's just more of like guys just standing still in the penalty kill. Like you have guys like Kapanen, Hyman. These guys are supposed to be like, you know skating fiends and they're missing they're, they're missing guys open the worst goal for me was the char goal at 5-on-5 five five. I don't that was the worst goal of the game and if you pick one goal on Freddy I mean that's the one I didn't watch a replay of it so I don't know if he screened I don't know if it's tipped I don't I don't know but it's not so much on Freddy more so the Leafs gave him like 10 seconds to just wheel at the point and do whatever he wants. And so, you know, Charles still got a bomb of a shot, even a wrister. He's still good at putting oh, the that on. shot is so hard to, because yeah, you're... but it wasn't even a slap shot. It was a wrist shot. And, but Zdeno Chara can still just put it on net. Yeah. And through, and but, through screens. Yeah, exactly. He's great at putting the puck on. He's always been good at it or since he's been with the Bruins at least. And the Leafs gave him like, there wasn't a guy above the circles on him. His man, his winger was was in the faceoff circle, and he was standing at the blue line, and that's why he was able to just do whatever he wanted and put a perfect shot on net. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's you know that's something the Leafs are gonna like put like he had almost all day to do that too. Yeah. No, it was I. I was yelling, uh, push out. They didn't hear me, obviously. But I'm sure the coaches were also screaming that because they got caught low and Chara made them pay for it. Yeah, I think the Leafs... Look, the Leafs' success in Game 2 was also that they were pressuring the point. If you're... If the Leafs... I would rather the Leaf guys be... Uh, avoid collapsing low and just be higher up on the point so that they could intercept passes. They're quick enough to do it. Yeah, I just don't understand what the what this whole collapsing down low. Is. You don't have to play right at the point. Like just play at the tops of the circles yeah. and then push out on your guy when the puck goes up top. Exactly. That's that's too far. I think yeah, too often up they're below or they're not right at the top, and that's that puts them in a vulnerable position. Yeah. Um. So I don't know if I this okay. One last <laughs> thing before I bring up this Randall Gritchick stuff. Because I I'm, I found a oh very, Christ I found a very interesting uh, quote that I wanted to re- relate to you because I don't think you've seen it. Um, let's let's first talk about the Leafs win Game Five if what? 
I mean, we've already said it. If they go back to that speed game through the neutral zone and beat the Bruins with speed and skill, I think the Leafs will be fine. My... If they let the Bruins bang and crash and turn it into a gong show like they have in the two games they've lost, then the Bruins are taking game five. Mine is Tavares, Marner, Hyman have to be the... They have to like take their game up low. Because let's be real here, in game four, they were quiet. Too quiet for me. Tavares has been quiet offensively as far as I've seen. Like game, I mean, game like one, they were, they were great. Like Marner, like those guys were great. Yeah. Uh, they need to. They need to be better in game. Like in game two, they were terrible. Like Tavares, that line just did not look good. Game now, Tavares too often is just a guy that tries to go for my liking. Tries to go one on four and beat everybody. I think he's trying to live up to that contract he has. Don't have like to. he tried. You, like he's it, already done it. No, exactly. He, I remember, I guess, maybe game, the first game in Toronto. He's, I had said in our chat that he, uh, he like, guys have been turnstiling Char all series, and he tried to go one-on-one with Char and deke around his giant six-foot-long stick. Like, it's just not going to happen, man. Just yeah. go back to what you're good at. You, you, Javon Tavares isn't a fast skater, but he's faster than Zidane Chara. Not only that, he's just a lot stronger on the puck. So wait yep. for reinforcements to come. If you don't, Trevor Moore play, is knocking Zeno Chara off the puck just by being tenacious. I mean, I'm sure John Tavares can do it just as well. Exactly. Uh, I, I'm. I, that's my thing. Is you know Tavares, Marner, and Hyman have to be one of or the Leafs' best line. If they, and if they aren't, eh, it, it, you're you're asking a lot out of the Matthews Nylander lines, in my opinion. Like that's on the road. Um, all right, so let's move on to the Grichik stuff. So if you haven't heard, I know this is the only time I'll reference the Blue Jays when uh, we start in the playoffs. We'll get into more Blue Jays stuff once. Um, Vlad comes up next week. Well, and I also want to do some Raptor stuff, but we just right yeah. now timing isn't uh, working, and I haven't asked our, my basketball guy to join us as well. Um, you know him, it's RJ. I'm going to yeah. try to get a hold of RJ, but... Um, we know that Randall Gritchick had that tweet where, I mean, let's be real. Um, we know who the tweet was directed at. <laughs> I like him trying to save face by saying it wasn't about anybody in particular and just happened to fall on. And the guys, me. and the guys are just like, yo man, why did you just say my name? Yeah. Just at me. Um, I mean, that whole situation is really stupid and it's kind I mean, the Jays have been in the middle of that conversation since 2015. So I don't know. Um, I know you it's know. It's funny. Yeah. So this, by the way, it's Tim Anderson who's uh the White Sox. So just to give you some context, Tim Anderson hit a home run in the fourth inning, and Chicago ended up actually losing the game. So he, <laughs> like you know, Bautista wasn't really a bat flip as most of a bat toss throw. <laughs> this guy literally like jacked up a fourth inning home run in a game what game fourteen or like what. How, how many games? Uh, under thirty games for sure. Yeah, it's probably oh, game twenty something. So Gritchuk says, guys are getting a little excessive on pimping home runs on meaningless home runs too. Act like you've done it before one time. So Anderson's response was, put a name on it so we can see who you're talking about, bruh. And then the one hundred. I don't know what what does that one hundred thing even really mean. It means he's keeping it a hundred, uh, even though Tim Anderson. Uh, it's funny to me, um, if you don't mind me going off for a sec, because 
you remember what Tim Anderson and the Blue Jays had uh, problems with a couple of seasons ago? No, actually. Tim Anderson nearly started a bench brawl because he was pouty after Marcus Stroman st- struck him out and Marcus Stroman was fired up. Oh, he did. Did he do a little shimmy? Because that, that uh, has he was going. saying something like, you know, Marcus Stroman talks to himself on the mound. And Tim Anderson thought he was saying something to him. And he stared him down from the plate to his bench and then turned around and started shouting back at Stroman. So apparently, him get, it's fine for him to pimp a home run and completely screw, or not screw, completely shit on the other team when he, when he is in, gets struck out. But, or when he hits a home run. But when he gets struck out, somebody can't show him up. Uh, double standard is always interesting to me. Yeah, and uh, Strowman said, I could care less if someone pimps a home run off of me. I gave it up at the end of the day. Showing emotion and passion is part of the game. Look, yeah. I have no problem. Like, if you bet, you know, Edwin does the parrot walk. Some guys, like, bat their chest or they do stuff like that. Like, come on. It's like, do you, do you really need to do a full-out bat flip toss in a game where you're hit in the fourth inning and your team ends up losing? If it's a walk off, go right save, ahead. Save it for save it for moments. Is all I care about. If a you pimp a home run and it's in the regular season, it's in the last innings and you, your team takes the lead with that home run, then fine, do it. But yeah, it's like I had a problem with it because the Rangers did it after they were complaining about Batista. They were they were bat flipping on singles. Yeah. In the next playoff series in 2016, like just don't be an idiot. Well, here, I don't care about Tim Anderson. He can do whatever he wants, but it's yeah, it's a third inning home run in April. Um, okay, so um, this is the quote I wanted to bring up. Um, I just want to do. I just want to pull it up so I have the because it's too small for me to read. So I don't mind just clarifying. I don't mind the bad flips and shit like that. They're entertaining as hell. But, I mean, just do it. Don't don't lose the game after you bat flip. Yeah, I guess is what I'm getting at. <laughs> so anyway, here's here's Joe Madden, who is yeah. a great quote. Okay. Um, so he said he was. They were asked. I guess he was asked about the um, bat flip stuff. He's like, for me, I would prefer it if guys didn't do that. Uh, this is like a little lengthy, so bear with me. I prefer that our guys would act as as though they're going to do it again. I prefer that the generation, the younger group right now, doesn't need to see demonstrations like that in order to feel like they can watch baseball or that baseball is more interesting because somebody bat flips really well. And I kind of dig it because if I watch them, I might see a bat flip. That's in singular quotations. I prefer that kids watch baseball because it's a very interesting game. It's intellectually stimulating when it's played properly. It's never too long. I prefer kids learn that method as opposed to becoming enamored with our game based on histronics. I really would prefer, but it seems to be that we are catering to that a bit. And so I prefer not being a part of it. And last point, I think when somebody chooses to do that, and somebody gets hit in the butt because of it, that's what you're looking at. Regardless of your new or old, old school or new school, if you're a pitcher, I think you're going to be offended by that. And you saw Molinado's reaction, so that was in reaction to Molinado. So again, 
act like you're going to do it again would be the way I would prefer it. I'd prefer that our guys, I want to believe that we're not going to do that, but it may happen here too. And then we're just going to have to wait and see how the other team reacts. So that's part of it. I think he's, you no know, other teams will react to it. it. It brings out a side that baseball doesn't want to see, which is retaliatory action. So look, there's other ways to celebrate a home run. You don't need a bat flip. You do, you can, you know, show a little, yeah, you're fired up. I have no problem with that. Just don't yeah. make it about yourself. He almost launched his bat back into the White Sox dugout. That's how far he threw it. Yeah, like it was excessive. The manager could have caught the ball, or the bat, rather. Yeah. So, um, I, I enjoy that Italian seasoning you put on Maldonado. <laughs> I know, and I've probably Maldonado. I know. Oh. Maldonado. That's how. It's, hopefully, that's how I said it. If I didn't, I apologize. But yeah. Uh, the Blue Jays did win their first series of the season. Yeah. That gives you an idea of how the Blue Progress. Jays Progress. And I think Vlad, they're expecting to be up maybe next week. So I think Ben Nicholson-Smith said it could be in the next couple of days even, depending on how they go about it. I think the best time to bring them up is when you're at home. Yeah, don't start them on the road. I'd hate if they did on the road. I think April 23rd they're – playing the giants so you you will probably i don't want to say you're gonna draw a sellout but you're gonna draw your biggest crowd of the season when vlad makes his debut yeah so and look once he's up you want him to stay up right you don't want to have to have him up then go down then up then down you don't want that you want him up and you want him playing so that's i think what they're trying to see right now is can he handle being you know run out I think they're going to try to play him if the weather cooperates in Buffalo the next few days and then see how he goes after that. I mean, if you're worried about how well he's going to hold up, play him as a DH. It's not like the Jays have a surefire DH right now. No, Telez can... After Kendricks got traded. Yeah, and Telez can ride the bench as a, you know, and be first base and they can can move him around. Um, By the way, Jake is upset he couldn't be on the podcast today. Although, in fairness to Jake, we kind of just threw this because we were going to yeah. do it yesterday. Timing yeah, didn't work. Nah, it was late anyway, so I probably would. Plus, I got my TV coming in, came in last night, so that was a bit, oh yeah, 65 inch of gloriness. Uh, you're watching the game on that tonight, I'd hope. Well, the thing is, I'm at my cut because we were invited to my aunt and uncle's. So I'm going to oh, try okay. to, but they're like five minutes from my house, so I'm going to try to convince my cousin, hey, let's like dip for like. 65-inch, come on over. Only thing is I don't have the 4K box. That's fine. Yeah. I can't say because I don't have a 4K box, but HD works fine for me. Next time you're over, because Netflix, I have Netflix and 4K now. Nice. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun. Ladies and gentlemen, if there's something I can tell you about watching sports, you need to have the best viewing experience you can't have. And that includes your television screen needs to be on point. I remember somebody had once invited me to their house to watch a game. And it was literally such a small screen. I'm just like, bro, I could have just done it at my house. That's it. I'm, I'm currently working with a 42-inch TV. Your TV's fine. And you're, and you're, you're it great... seems small, though, compared to like normal okay. TVs nowadays. I mean, if you want to take my old TV, it's just it's got a little couple of issues with it. but <laughs> No, I'll just invest in, like, I don't... 
I mean, I appreciate it, but I don't want to. We'll, we'll we'll talk it out. But the great thing about Austin's <laughs> basement people is that he has a electric recliner. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of other things, so I'm fine. It's it's comfy. That's the second thing is you need the good TV and you need comfortable seats and enough seats. recliners. And I've got recliners, so we're good. So you're good. Uh, with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for bearing with us. Uh, enjoy your long weekend. Enjoy the next couple of games because. This is this is crunch time, and you know, with Columbus being the blue, uh, the Lightning, I know right now they seem like an unbeatable team. Lightning looked so bad that if I'm the Leafs or Bruins, you know what? Yeah, I'll take that challenge. Over. I mean, would you rather face the best team in the cap era history, or would you rather face a team that made it in on the last day, regardless of how hot they are? I mean, tough question right there. I'm still I'm still taking my chances with the Blues if I had the cho- or the Blues the Blue Jackets if I had the choice. Yeah. So the the and I think the the both teams realize that. I think if you're the Leafs, so do not let this go to seven. I'm not. I still don't want it to go seven. I know people think that they could win it in seven. Don't give them that option. Yeah, they could have won it in six. They could have <laughs> won it in five. If they had come back if they played a little better. Make up you know what's it. better than winning the ga- winning a series in seven games? Winning in six. Yeah, not playing the seventh game. Give yourself and a it to the next round. Like right now, Columbus is just waiting and practicing and you know resting. They're giving guys days off at practice right now. Like guys are getting rest days at practice. That's how long they've had off. Yeah. So. And the Leafs and Bruins are going to beat the shit out of each other for another week while they're sitting watching. If so, the series could be done Sunday if we're lucky. So, Could be done, and then it's what, Tuesday, I guess, is game seven if it comes to that? If it comes to that, uh, good question. Um, I thought, I didn't even know the game. I thought it was going to be Saturday because I just figured Leafs and Hockey Night, Leafs and Flames. Tuesday, yeah. So the game is tonight. So we have, I mean, as we're recording, this is on the Friday. So 7 o'clock Friday. Game six time hasn't been determined yet, but I would Sunday. assume uh, on, sorry, Sunday. So I'd assume it would be another 7 o'clock start. 7, 7.30 probably. Um, and then I would say if Game 7 is in Boston on Tuesday, it's going to be an 8 o'clock game, in my yep. opinion. Because I, I, they did the one game as an 8 o'clock because of primetime NBC. I think it was because of the American. That's usually their prime time. But let's oh, yeah. um, just not – hey, I'd like that Game 7 to be left as to be determined and not set in stone. Yep. So we'll wait for that. Uh, Thanks again for listening, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and enjoy the games. And uh, we're going to keep.